This morning, we have another guest to be with us to share God's Word. He is our church planter in the Central Valley here at California. He is under the discipleship of Pastor Danny Perez. He is accompanied by his wife and Marnell's parents are here. Will you please welcome our brother Marnell Baradi. Good morning. Let's, uh, let's pray. Father, um, we thank you so much, Lord, for this, um, for this morning. We thank you so much, Lord, for allowing us to, um, to worship you again, Father, and hear your word, Father. Father, as I, as I speak this uh, morning, Father, I pray, I, pray, I pray, Father, that what comes out of my mouth, Father, will be coming from you, Father. Father, I know that I, I cannot do this without you, Father, and I'm just an instrument for your glory, Father. Father, I pray, Father, um, as I speak, Father, that your Holy Spirit will just lead me, Lord God, in what to say, Father. You know what's going on, Father. You know what everyone needs, Father. And I just ask you, Father, to lead me with your Holy Spirit. And we just want to give you all the praise and all the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay. Good morning again. Okay. Before I start, I actually want to ask you guys to stand up. And then face on your right side. And then... Tell the person on your right, um, you're going to, uh, to he- and, and then massage them. Tell them, tell them, you're going to hear the word of God, so please listen. Tell them, tell them you're going to, you're going to hear the, the word of God, please listen. Okay, now stop. Turn, turn to the other side. Okay. And then tell them, tell the person, yes. I will listen. Do not sleep. Tell them. Okay. Gising na ba tayo? Good. Okay. At least. At least gising po tayo. Okay. Everyone awake now? Good. Okay. That's what I make sure awake. About, about uh, a few years ago, or actually many years ago, when, when I was still in, um, in the military, I was in the Navy, I had been training for almost a year in my first year, especially when I was training with, uh, with the Marines. I was exhausted. I was very exhausted that I wanted to take some time off before going to my next duty station. And so before, um, before I went, before the, the program was done, the, before the training was done, I, I went to the travel agent to, to ask for um, how much the tickets would, would cost because at that time I was in uh, North Carolina and if I had to go home, I would go from North Carolina to California, from California to Rhode Island, my next duty station. So I looked, I looked for, um, for an airline ticket, but I couldn't find one because there, everything was so expensive. You know, much of my dismay, you know, I, I just couldn't find anything at all. So, 
you know, I said, you know what, I'll just go to my next duty station and, and just, just, just uh, suck it up. That's what, that's what a lot of uh, military would say, military people would say. But anyway, after the program was, uh, after my training was done, I just went to the airport, disappointed. As I got to the airport, I noticed that it was, um, there were so many people out there. The, the flight was full, basically. The flight was full that there were so many people in the waiting list. And as I was waiting for, the, for, um, for my flight, I, I heard, um, I heard the, the airlines call and had um, announced and said, whoever wants to give up their ticket for a, a later flight, we will give them a voucher anywhere in the US. Of course, when I heard that, I said, holy cow, that's mine. So I went, I, came, I went to the counter and I says, I'm giving my, I will give up my seat for, for a later flight. And I said, can you book my flight now? It's like, oh yeah, we will. They booked my flight, got home, went home, had my rest for two weeks, and after two weeks, I, I went to my next duty station. For a lot of people, a lot of people will probably say, wow, that was a nice accident. That was a great coincidence. You were so lucky. But as Christians, as Christians, we know that that was not an accident. We know that the Lord knew what was happening in me. He knew that I was exhausted. He knew that I was so tired. And not only did he, you know, he gave me rest, he saved me from a lot of money because as I was looking at, uh, for the tickets at that time, it cost about over $1,000. And I wasn't going to spend that, that much. But he gave me rest. But my, the point that I'm coming here is, I'm trying to say here is that he knew. He knew exactly what was going on in, in me. And so he orchestrated the events so that I will be able to have rest. And this is the, this is the title of my, and this is exactly the title of my, uh, my message. God knows you. Do you know him? Again, God knows you. But do you know him? Yes. I mean, a lot of people will say, yeah, I've been, I've been a Christian for yeah, 10, 15, 20 years. You can say that. Yeah, I accepted him a long time ago. The question is, do you know him? How much do you know him? He is very familiar with you. But are you familiar with him? Yeah, you can say, yeah, I've known the Lord for 10, 15 years. But when you get into your to a, a challenging situation, when he puts you in a test, are you going to start to freak out again? Are you going to get anxious? Again, yeah. Say, I, I've been saved for 30 years, 40 years. But then when, you put it, when, when he puts you in a challenging situation again, you start asking again, why? Why, Lord, what are you doing this to me? Or are you going to say, Lord, what should I do? Or again, you may have been saved for, for a long time. 20, 30 years. 
But then when, when you get into a, a challenging situation, can you actually consider it, like James said, consider it full, uh, pure joy? Can you actually say, Lord, thank you. Thank you so much, Lord, for putting me in this situation, Lord, because I know that you want me to grow. I know that you know what you're doing. Can we say that? See, it is important to know the Lord. Because, and it is very critical because it can be the difference between a defeated Christian life or a victorious Christian life. If we don't know the Lord, chances are we're not going to go to him when something happens to us. But if we know him, most likely you're going to go to him. Or, or let, let me put it in this, um, in, this, in this way, in this angle. The Bible says... Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust the Lord with all, all of your heart. If we are to trust the Lord, we better know him. We should know him. Just like when you're, just like when you're uh, playing basketball in school, right? When you're, especially when you're the captain, and then you're the one choosing your who your teammates are going to be. If you want to win the ball game, who are you going to pick? You're going to pick the one who can dribble, right? The one who can do the no-look pass like magic? Or the one who can shoot, right? Because you want to win. In the same way as Christians, it's, it's very important to us to know our God, to know our Savior. And I'm basing my, my message in um, Psalm 139. It says in there, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive, perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. And you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. In the first, um, in the first verse where it says, you search me, Lord, the word search there means to examine with pain and care. The Jewish people use this word to describe digging deep into a mine and ex exploring a land and investigating a legal case. So again, the word, the word here means to examine with pain and care which means the Lord has taken his time to get to know us. The Lord has taken the time to get to know us personally, intimately. He has taken his time to, to, to dig, in, uh, dig deep into a mine. I mean, it's, that takes a while to dig, to, invest, to explore a land and to uh, investigate a legal case. I mean, if you have to know to study the case and all that, to know all the angles, you have to take your time to know this, uh, to the case. In relation to this, uh, the word to examine with pain and care. So when he examined us, again, he has taken his time to get to know us. And the in the second verse where, where it says, you, um, you perceive my thoughts from afar, the word perceive means to understand. 
which means to distinguish and establish with insight and not just gather uh, data. The, this distinguish, um, the, the word distinguish means to recognize or treat as different, which means to differentiate or to tell apart or to tell the difference. The word discern means to perceive by sight or some other sense or by the intellect, to see, to recognize, or to apprehend. And the word insight means the capacity to gain an accurate and deep intuitive understanding of a person or a thing. So if you add all of this to distinguish and discern with insight, not only does the Lord recognize what we're trying to do, but he also understands why we're doing the things that we're doing. Yeah, people will recognize what we're doing, you know, whatever we're trying to do. But many times, we don't understand what we don't really understand what they're trying to do, but God knows. Like, for example, just this week or two or three days ago, I was yesterday, I think, in Seattle, right? The guy who started shooting um, in school. He, shot, he was trying to shoot his own cousins. And then the, the guy, the guy that one of his friends was just two tables away, you know, he just smiled with a smirk, like, I can do it. Many of us would wonder, why someone like that would do it? Why would he do that? I can't understand. We don't understand these senseless things that uh, people are doing. I want to tell you, he knows what's going on. He knows exactly what went on in that, on that boy. So not only does, has he taken his time to get to know us, he recognizes what we're trying to do. He understands what we're trying to do. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, it says, All things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. He knows. He knows all of, he knows everything about us, basically. In, in verse 4, it says, Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Even, even when, before even we speak, he already knows it completely, not just partially, completely. He knows about it. And even in verse 5, he says, You hem me in behind and before. To hem, to hem means to, to press, to, uh, to press upon. It means uh, the idea of to besiege a city during, um, during, a, during battle which means he, he closely surrounds you, which means he's on your every side, which means the Lord is on your side the whole time. Do, do you see the picture, what, what, I'm, uh, what I'm showing you here? The Lord is by your side the whole time. He surrounds you. The Lord has taken his time to get to know you. The Lord recognizes what, you, recognizes what you're doing, and he understands you. And he knows what you're going to what you're going to say or what you're going to do before you even do it. Isn't that awesome? How much God knows, of, knows us. But you know what's even more amazing? Is that God loves us and cares about us so much. Isn't it amazing? The God of this universe, God, the, the God of this universe loves me, loves us, each and everyone and cares about you so much. Like John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have eternal life. How about in um, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7? 
Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. How about Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10? So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Isn't it awesome? The God of this universe loves me, loves each and every one of us, but he also cares us. The God of this universe, the, the God who is the, the most powerful God of this universe, not only knows me, but he loves me and cares about me so much. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? The problem is, as, as Christians, many of us walk like we don't know God. We walk independently of him. Sometimes we conduct our lives as if he does not exist, exist at all. What am I trying to say? When you wake up in the morning, do you even acknowledge him? Or do you just say, oh gosh, just another day. Oh yeah, it's work. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's school. Gotta go to school again. Or how about when your decisions? Do you acknowledge him at all? When you're trying to decide where to go to school, where to, where to work? Do you even tell him what's, what's going on? Or how about in your relationships? Do you even recognize him? Or are you just fixated to that? Oh, wow. That's the one. That's, I know that's the one. Do you even tell him at all? Again, a lot of us walk independently as if we don't even know him. Yeah, many of yeah, we, you probably go to church, right? Some of us, when you, when you go out there, you're a totally different person. What's the solution? We need to take time daily to get to know him. He has taken his time to get to know us. We should take, take our time daily to get to know him. How? Well, Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Seek him first in everything that you do. How? Well, you wait, when you wake up in the morning, again, some people will just say, oh, it's just another day. No, tell them, Father, thank you. Thank you for another day, Father. Thank you for giving me a chance to worship you again and to practice your presence. Lord, I'm so grateful because he knows the number of our days, right? He can just take it out, out anytime he wants to. It's by, because of his grace that has given us another time to worship him, to come to him. Or how about in your, in your decisions? Before you make a decision, the first thing you should do is come to him, Father, help me. I need you, Father. I want to be in the right direction. I remember when I was... Years ago, when I was um, deciding on where to go to school, I was, I was torn between biology and theology. And then also, when I was um, choosing for schools, you know, I really wanted to be in California, or I wanted to be in, in Tennessee, where there was a school where it just had a nice uh, surrounding to it. It's quiet, because when I, when I, want to, when I study, I want it to be quiet. But he didn't, he didn't bring me, brought me there. He brought me to Chicago instead, in the middle of downtown. I'm like, 
okay. But, but you know what? I knew that it was him because he made it possible. I remember when I found out that I was going to this school, I, I found out about it only like three weeks before the semester started. And that was like around Christmas. And as, as, I was looking for, um, as I was looking for airline tickets, if, if you're an avid traveler, you know that one way is um, more expensive than a round trip. So from, from California to, to, from LA to Chicago, it was about, at that time, it was within less than three weeks, it was about, I asked the travel agent, he says, $999. It's like, really, $999? So I prayed more about it, and guess what? I got an airline ticket, one way, over $100, $127, I believe. That's the Lord. Only the Lord could, could give you that. But again, my, my point is, do you acknowledge him every day? Do you acknowledge him every minute, every second, as much as you could? How about in your relationships? I... Um, one of my friends where I used to work here in LA, she said whenever um, she and her husband would have an agreement or something that is they just can't agree on, you know what they would do? They would go through uh, separate rooms and pray. They pray as, as, as long as, as, they, as, as they can. And then after they pray, you know what happens? She said it's just so amazing that the Lord just puts them in one accord. The Lord just works it out. That's what recognizing the Lord is. Taking time to get to know Him. How about in your downtime? Down what do you do? Facebook? Like, 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 like. Feeling sad. Feeling happy. Feeling in love. What do you do? You take your time to get to know him. The other, the other important thing is, the other solution is, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. We have got to know the word. We have got to know the word. This is our manual. You probably already know from when, um, in, in Bible, um, Bible study when you were a kid what B-I-B-L-E means, right? Who knows? Bible, B-I-B-L-E, what does that mean? Basic instruction before leaving earth. This is your manual. It is so important to read the word. It's just like, for example, if you... If you bought like a BMW or a Mercedes, the, the latest edition, it got, it's got a lot of amenities in there. But before you know, before you can do those amenities, what do you do? You gotta read the manual, right? Or you lose out of a lot of these amenities that it, it can give you. It is so important to read, you, read the word. Again, God knows you because he has examined you but we must recognize him daily and we must read the word. Further on in this, um, on Psalm 139, it says in verse seven to nine, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. 
If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise in the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Scripture says here that God is everywhere. He is, he is omnipresent. He can be everywhere at the same time, and man cannot hide from him. God is everywhere. An, an eccentric professor said, was playing to this, this little boy who was reading a, a Sunday, um, Sunday school uh, paper. He was telling the boy, tell me my good boy where God is, and I will give you an apple. The little boy looked at him and says, I will give you a barrel of apples if, we, if you can tell me where God is not. God is everywhere. Man cannot hide from him. You can far as go east or west and travel in the uh, speed of light, and his, his hand will still catch you. You can go as far north and south, and he'll still be there. Adam and Eve tried, they failed. Jonah tried, and it just made his situation from bad to worse. Right now, I just want to um, call my wife. She will sh uh, share a quick, uh, quick testimony. Good morning. My name is Christina Baradi, and I would like to share two personal stories that showed me how God really knows me. The first incident occurred a couple of years ago when I was still working in the Bahamas as an ophthalmologist. It was a rainy Monday morning as I got ready to go to our satellite clinic about 11 miles from the city. The clinic was scheduled at 1 p.m., but because of the weather, I wanted to get an early start so I called the nurses at the main clinic if they could be ready to leave by carpool at around 11 o'clock so we could start seeing patients at 11.30. I was told that we should probably wait it out. Feeling disappointed, I still headed out the door only to realize that both of my umbrellas were in the car. I usually kept one of them in my purse I couldn't make a run for it because I parked further than my usual parking space. So I had to wait for the rain to subside a little bit. When I got to the main clinic to, to meet the nurses, I found out that one of them was out in an errand. By this time, my frustration grew and I had to utter a silent prayer for the Lord to give me patience. Eventually, we were able to go and finish the clinic a little later than I planned. But guess what? My disappointment turned into thanksgiving when I found out later that a tornado made a touchdown at 11.30. It was in the vicinity of the satellite clinic. It was really a surprise that a tornado hit the Bahamas because tornadoes are rare in that area. Unfortunately, that one tornado left 
three persons dead, and four others injured. Remember that I wanted to be in the clinic by 11.30 a.m., but the Lord did not allow it, and he caused the delays. He knew that if we left earlier, we would be heading straight into harm's way. The second one happened just about two months ago. It was just an ordinary afternoon when my uncle in Florida accidentally dialed my number as he was trying to call another person. We got to talking and he said that my aunt fell off from the treadmill an hour earlier. He said that after her fall, her voice sounded different when she talked. I probed and asked if he meant if her speech was slurred. I immediately suspected that she might be having a stroke, so I told them to go to the emergency room immediately. By God's grace, they were able to make it in time to be properly evaluated and given medical attention. The Lord knew what was going on, and he orchestrated things so that my uncle contacted me instead of the other person. God made me available and put me in a position to give timely advice. It was not an issue of dialing the wrong number, but it was God's sovereignty working in that situation. I could go on and on about personal experiences like these. Suffice it to say, the Lord knows how our day is going. He knows what we are going through. If he's involved in what seems to be ordinary days in our lives, he's also involved in the difficult challenges that we are facing. We just need to keep on trusting him that he knows what is best for us because he knows us more than we know ourselves. Did you hear what she was trying to say? That's amazing, isn't it? God knew exactly what was going on. Meaning, if she had gone, gone to, their, to her clinic at 11.30, who knows? But the Lord prevented her from going there. Or the, the second story, accidentally dialed her, who was a doctor, and the Lord made sure that her uncle would be able to talk to her so, so, so he can get the advice. That's what our Lord is. Not, not only is he, again, not, not only is he omniscient, not only does he know everything, he know, he's everywhere. That's why he can orchestrate things the way he's doing it. But you know what's also awesome about God? Not only is he um, omnipresent, but God is also inf infinite. He's limitless, he's timeless. In Genesis chapter one, verse one, he says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In Revelation, uh, Revelation chapter one, verse eight, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. God is infinite. To, to say he's infinite means he has been there from the beginning. He has been around for a long time. So if you combine this with his omnipresence, him being everywhere, and his um, being uh, infinite, it means that, again, he's been, he's been around for a long time, which means that he's been there since, 
since even when you were born, since when you were in your mother's womb. He knows when you were, you were still growing. He, he already knows about that. When you, were, when you were born, when you were held in your mother's arms or father's arms, he was there. When you were, when you said your first word, dada or mama, he was there. On your first day of school, he was there, which means God knows. God knows where you've been. And God knows what you have done. Yes, God knows what you have done. Everything that you've done. God knows when you were high in drugs. God also knows when you were fornicating or still out there. But God, God also knows when you cheated in the IRS, right? To manipulate things so that I don't have to pay as much. Eh, hey, make, make five into like one or something like that so I don't have to pay as much yes the Lord knows about yeah no, no one knows about it even your wife or your family doesn't know about it but he does how about watching pirated videos I won't go further with that one <laughs> or how about how about as easy as at work? When, especially when you're, when you're employed by someone. When you're employed with someone, you're supposed to be doing your job out there, right? Or again, are you on Facebook? Like, 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 yeah, like, like. Or how about making copies for your own personal reasons? Again, you're self, you're not self, but you're, you're employed by someone. Everything that you should be doing should be for that company. Again, the Lord knows what, what we've done. The Lord knows all of the, the garbage. But guess what's amazing? Hear this. He still loves us. He still loves you the same. He still loves you. Even... Remember the, the, the prodigal son, the sword of the prodigal son? What happened? When, when, the, when the son realized, even when he was afar, the father already saw it. His arms were wider. My son, he's, he's here. I'm so happy. And he, his son even said, Dad, I don't, need, I don't deserve to be your son anymore. I can just be one of your servants. No, son. We're going to celebrate. We're going to have a party. Because I love you. I love you so much. I've been waiting for you. That's, that's how much the Lord loves us. No matter, again, no matter what you've done, you may think that you don't deserve it. But I want to tell you, a God who loves you so much, not only does he love you, but he forgives you. How's that? He loves you so much, and he also forgives you. Psalm 103, verse 12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. He forgives us. Isn't that amazing? 
And you know why he can, forgive us? He, he can forgive us? Because of what he's done for us on the cross. Because of what the Lord, what, what Jesus Christ, his, his son, has done for us on the cross. He has shed his blood for us. He died for us. He went all the way on the cross. I've been to Israel. And I've been on the Via Dolorosa where he said, they said he walked all the way to, to Calvary. I've been to that place where he carried his cross. And as I was going through that, through that route, I can just imagine what he's done for us. He carried his cross all the way, spat on and whipped on, bled. And what did people say? Crucify him. Yes, crucify him. But what this Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, God demonstrated his love for us that while we were still sinners, he died for us. While we were still against him, he loved us. And he still loves us the same. He loves you so much. He can transform you. From, a, from an addict or from a cheater to someone who can be an instrument for his glory. I remember um, Raul, um, uh, some of you might have heard of Raul Reese, you know, Calvary Chapel, the pastor there. I remember, um, you know, they, they said he used to beat everyone up in, um, in, in his high school. And um, the principal knew that whenever he's there, he knew that there was something... Something was uh, gonna gonna be something's gonna be going on. He'll he'll be in a fight always. When after he got saved, he came back, and the principal saw him, and the principal called the police and says, "Hey, Earl Reese is here. Can you come now?" And then the 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 principal uh, the police roughed the police knew about him also, so he roughed him up a little bit. Say, "Hey, man, what are you doing here?" Well, I'm just here reading the word. Just want to share the word. He was transformed. They was like, "What? You reading the Bible? The guy who used to beat people up, he's reading the word. That's transformation. God not not only knows what you've done, God also knows what happened to you. You may have had a trauma." or abuse before that you just can't let go or you had this disagreement with somebody that just really traumatized you I want to tell you that God knows about that God knows what, what happened from the beginning and he understands what happened to you he can heal you Allow him to work through you. God not only knows what you've done, God not only knows what happened to you, but God knows what you're going through today. Some of us may be going through a, a trial and, and be carrying a heavy burden. I want to let you know that God knows exactly what's happening to you. He may allow you to go to pain, but know that he knows what he's doing. I, I work in a clinic and I order every day. I see, I see children. I do uh, well child's 
uh, well-taught exams. And um, I order vaccines every day. And especially when you're two, you're four, you're six, 12 you're, um, months old, old, you're ordering like at least five or six um, uh, vaccines. And so when the, when the baby gets in there, what do we do? We hold them down. They don't, no one likes it, of course, when they're being vaccinated. And a sharp thing comes in there. So what we do is my assistant would, uh, would hold down the, the, the legs, and I would, sometimes I would just help to, to bring them down like that. And the baby's going like this. Oh, they're crying. They don't like it. They don't like the pain. But why are we doing that? It's because we want to prevent them from getting diseases or even problem, uh, problems that it's, that's worse. I mean, problems that could cripple them, cripple their life, their, um, um, their legs. In the same way as Christians, the Lord may allow us through, to go through a painful situation because he's trying to prevent us. He's trying to prevent us from getting into a, a bigger problem. I remember I, I remember I was um, I was engaged with someone before, and the Lord just broke it up. I could not understand it. Yes, it was painful. At that time, I just didn't understand what 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 it was, why that happened. But a few years later, about just looking back into it and what I found out about the person, it it could be it could have been a lot worse for me. And I'm thankful that people are actually praying for me, parents that are praying for me. At that time, I didn't understand it. It was painful. But God knew. And I know I have the be- God's best. <laughs> I, know, I know I have God's best because the Lord spoke. Okay? I asked him, Proverbs 18.22, if you want to look at that. He gave me, I know he gave me this because he did. Spoke it, not just that, but a lot of, just a lot. I mean, I can tell you forever, I know that it's, it's her because he spoke. He was so clear. I'm like, really, Lord? I'll do it. Yeah, yes. But um, again, again, he, he might allow you to be in a, in a painful situation because, because he wants to prevent you from getting through a, a worse or even a worse uh, situation. So allow him to carry your burden. And he says like in uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Allow him to carry your burden. God God knows what you've done. God knows um, what happened to you. God knows what's going through today uh, for you. And God knows, and um, God also understands when you're, um, when you just feel like, no one understands you. You may, you may feel so lonely, and you just, again, no one understands you. I wanna, I'm here to tell you that God understands you. And you just, if you just feel like no one understands you, go to him and say, Lord, no one really understands me. Will you help me with, this, with what's going on with me? Again, he's right there with you. He's ready to listen to you. Your iPhone, your iPhone tracks your location and stores it in a hidden file, whether you like it or not. And so does your iPad. 
That's the re recent revelation of some uh, British researchers, Alasdair Allen and Pete Warden. The devices have been recording latitude and longitude as well as time of day since the introduction of iOS 4. It has been speculated that the devices capture the locations through cell tower triangulation. To make matters worse, the information is not encrypted, which means it is available on any computer that you synchronize your phone to. Anyone who has access to those computers or your phone could learn where you've been and when you were there. Because the information is not protected, it is also subject to hacking. Does the idea that someone might be able to track your every, every movement bother you? If so, then here's something that will really freak you out. God not only tracks your every movement, he tracks your every thought. And just as Adam hid from God in, in the Garden of Eden, our natural inclination is to hide ourselves from his scrutiny. But rather than be freaked out by the exposure, the thought of God's nearness should bring us comfort. Rather than run from God, we should be running to him. When we understand how much God loves us and how gracious he is, our fear for fleeing can finally come to an end. We can't hide from God. We shouldn't want to. Again, we should not run away from God. We should come to him because he's the one who can help us. To go in further with Psalm 139, in verse, uh, starting verse 13, he says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in a secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. Before one of them came to be, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. God knows you because he is your creator. He is your creator. The word fearfully in verse 12, the word says fearfully and wonderfully. The word fearfully means the same word that is used when the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord. It means to have a respect and reverence for God. Or literally, this word can be rendered to be full of respect and reverence. So that means when he created you, he didn't just drop you out of nowhere. No, he already know. He's already knows, he already knows what's going to happen. So he, he equipped you for, um, for, for the situations or the needs that you're going to uh, go through. Again, when he, when he created you, when he designed you, he has taken his time to, you know, to design you, to... Before he, um, before he created you, he must have thought, you know, okay, so this is what I'm going to do with this. He, he has taken his time. I, I remembered both my parents are civil engineers, and I remembered I used to see my, my dad's um, draft, you know, and all the, his uh, designs and how he, he planned his, um, his, uh, the constructions that he's going to do, especially with our, with our house in the Philippines. And I remember looking at it and I said, wow. I mean, I was maybe f six or seven. I was... To me, at that time, I was like, wow, that's cool. It's really nice. But thinking of it now, I said, wow. My dad has taken his time to, 
to design our house. He made sure that our foundation was solid. And he made sure that everything would just be just right. That's how the Father does to us. He's taken his time to create us. The word fearfully, uh, wonderfully, on that same verse, it means to, to be distinct or unique. It means God made you special. And also that God has a special purpose and plan for you. And the Bible says that God formed you and created you as his own masterpiece for a purpose. Brothers and sisters, you are a masterpiece for him. You're not just any other creation. You are a masterpiece. Some of us may be discouraged and say, man, nothing. I don't have any capabilities. I want to be, I want, I'm here to tell you that you are a masterpiece of God. See, when he created you, he's, again, he's already thought of what he's going to do with you. Something like this. He might have said something like this. You know, my, my, precious, my precious son, in song. when he grows up, I'm going to make sure that he's going to be poggy, and, he's, and it's also going to be a, a great singer, so that when people, when he sings, people will be blessed. And then people not only will be blessed, they will want to worship me. And not only can he sing, he's going to be a pastor too. So that when he gets to L.A., when he starts the, the church in L.A., he can do both, pastor and lead a worship. Or how about this? My precious son, uh, my precious daughter, Susan. I'm going to make sure that she becomes a dentist. And I'm going to give her that gift of evangelism. So that when she takes care of her patients, she'll be able to share the word of God. And people will come to me. Again, God, God has a purpose for each of us. God has a purpose for each one of us. No matter what we think, I want to let you know that you are his masterpiece. Again, I said he's, he has fearfully and wonderfully made us. Have you ever thought about our ribcage? Where is that? Our ribcage surrounds our vital organs surrounds our, our heart and our lungs. So just think if our ribcage was right here. If somebody punches our, our lungs, we won't be able to breathe, right? Or how about our heart? If somebody just punches our heart, if our ribcage was here, we'd be in trouble. Or how about our heart? Our heart pumps about 1.3 gallons of blood per minute. Which it also pumps 1,900 gallons per day and almost 700,000 gallons per year. Our, our heart can pump, pump um, 1,900 gallons per day, which is almost the size of a car. Isn't it amazing? Or how about this? Our blood vessels. Our blood vessels, if we were to put them in a straight line, for, a, for an average child, they said that it, it, if you put him in, a one, um, yeah, in one line, it would be about 60,000 miles. For an adult, it would be 100,000 miles. Now, the Earth's circumference is about 24,901. 
which means that for a child, it takes about over two times or three, almost three times to go, I mean, if you were gonna spread the, the blood vessel in one line to go around the, the earth for a child. For an adult, it's almost about five times to go around. Isn't that amazing? In this body of ours, that's amazing. So if he is our creator, and he knows where we've been, and he's also taken his time to know us, to examine us, which means he is our best guide in this life. Yes, he is our best guide in this life. Unfortunately, some of us are probably still trying to be in control of, of their lives. You're still saying, I'm the captain of my soul. You're still singing Frank Sinatra's song, I did it my way. I did it my way. Knocks. Not as good as it, but. <laughs> a lot of us are still trying to control our own lives. God is still not the center. Our self is still in the center, center of our lives. As Brother Alex was mentioning, that when they were in the Bible study, you know, the, the Lord, if, if, I, if I heard it right, the Lord, you know, started to, to bring the, um, brought them, brought them, um, brought them in, in the sense, uh, because of the Bible study, they, they brought, um, the Lord was starting to work in their lives and became, became the center of their lives. We have got to put the Lord in the center of our lives. We have to allow, we should allow to take, take uh, let God take the helm of your lives because he is sovereign of our lives. He knows everything about us. He is our creator. He is up there and we're down here. And we're, we're, we are in this maze of life. I remember I used to go to um, um, when I when I used to go to work here in LA. You know the first thing that I the first thing that I do when I before I go to the freeway, I listen to the traffic. And then based on what the traffic says, I would you know depending if there's an accident now, I'll avoid it. And you know why I listen to the traffic news? Because the helicopter is up there, and I'm down here. He sees everything. Okay, there it is there it is. Okay. And then he'll tell us, okay. This is the 101. There's a sick alert. Don't go here. With the Lord, it's the same way. He's up there and we're down here. Yeah, we may think we know what we're doing. Yeah. You may think you're so smart. Yeah. You're so confident in yourself. But I want to let you know that God knows you better than you do yourself. And one of the prerequisites to allow the Lord to have control of our lives is humility. Humility is a prerequisite. And the best verse for this, as some of us have probably memorized this, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 8, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, 
did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Brothers and sisters, the Lord Jesus Christ embodied humility. He was God, 100% God, but he came down to our level. He came down to our level. He was, yes, he was 100% God, but he was also 100% human when he came down here. And again, he, he went all the way to the cross to be crucified on the cross for us, which means he understands what we're going through. He knows exactly what's going on. Brothers and sisters, again, I want to encourage you to allow him to be in the center of your life. One more, one more short story. I remember I used to be in, um, I was stationed in, in Sicily. And I used to run a lot. I ran marathons. And on the weekends, I would do my long runs. And I was running in the backwards of Sicily. And we had a lot of farm, farm in there. And I used to see the, sheeps, the sheep a lot and the, and the shepherd. One time I actually slowed down purposely to just to look at the sheep. As I, as I slowed down and said, I just really observed them and, and how they were. You know what I realized about the sheep? They're so helpless. Yeah, they look cute, they look nice. But they're so helpless. They don't know where they're going. What's worse is that everyone follows the, the first sheep wherever the sheep is going. That's why the shepherd is there with his rod and his staff to protect the sheep. In the same way as Christians, the Lord is our shepherd. He is our guide. He is our best guide. And you know what? If we allow him to work in our life, I guarantee you, you, you are going to be amazed because he is, to, he is able to do immeasurably more than you can ever imagine. And I can testify to you on that. Since I've been saved, the Lord has never failed me. The Lord has never failed me. I can tell you stories after stories of how the Lord has been there for me. Again, how, how can we allow the Lord to be in control of our lives? Pray. Read your word. Allow him to work through you. Humble yourself. Humble yourselves. And then also, discipleship is also a very important um, aspect of this. Let him be the guide of your life. Let's pray really quick. Father, um, we thank you so much, Lord God, for, for the message today, Lord God. We thank you so much, Lord God, for, for the things, Lord God, for, for the lessons, Lord God, that you've allowed us to, to hear this morning, Father. Father, Help us, Lord God, to, to continue to recognize you every day, Father. Help us to allow you to work in our lives, Father. Help us to read our word, the word every day, Father. And help us, Lord God, to, to give it all to you, Lord God. We thank you again, Lord God, for what you're doing in our lives. We just want to give you all the praise and all the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.